Well, thank you, uh, worship team. Uh, I'm so, by the way, I, I just want to mention too, what you don't see uh, is all the people that are um, kind of working behind the scenes. And man, I, I just got to say, I miss my church family. Man, I'm missing you guys. Um, I, I am, I, I'm locked down to a chair and I'm used to feedback, people talking to me and, and laughter and uh, so, but, but we're all doing the best that we can, and I'm just thankful that you are watching right now, and I just want you to know personally, man, I'm praying for you, love you, um, just thinking about you, however Laura and I can serve you, we want to be able to serve you, but I'm thankful for the crew that's here, uh, we got a real small crew, keeping it less than 10, but I appreciate them coming out, let them hear you guys, so they know that, uh, <laughs> It's like there's only a few of us, so and and you guys don't have to be quiet while I'm preaching. If you you know you can you can laugh. I mean, if it's funny, you can laugh. Even if it's not funny, laugh anyway, because yeah, that's good. So uh, a genuine laugh would be great. But uh, you know, and at home, it, it just uh, just whatever you feel like doing, uh, you need to get up and wander around, stretch your legs. Hey, that's the advantage. You, you can't really do that on a Sunday. You'll be distracting to people, but uh, right now you can do that. So we're in a series right now called He Is, and we've been in this for a couple of weeks. It's timely. It's relevant to everything that we are all, all collectively, no matter where you are at. The world is on an equal playing field right now now like never before doesn't matter about your language doesn't matter about your background doesn't matter what you believe we're we're all in the same boat so to speak and fear is right now fear is rampant we're we're all wondering about the virus and if we're not wondering about the virus we're all wondering about the economy and then that's all and all this is rapidly changing so it's changing minute by minute and so fear and panic and worry and stress and doubt and all these things can rise up in you and, and that's why it's so important in moments like this that you remember who he is who god is and so today i want to talk to you about how he is surrounding you that's why the worship team did the song that they, they did and that, that song, kind of the inspiration a little bit for this message, comes out of a very um, popular story in the Bible that you may or may not be familiar with. But if you have a Bible, I want you to go to 2 Kings chapter 6. And this is a story of Elisha and his servant. And uh, the Arameans are uh, kind of uh, surrounding the uh, Israelites, and they're coming against them, and they're attacking them, and they're... Um, and, and on all fronts, and they're trying to destroy Israel. But what is happening is every time the, the king of, of Aramean, every time he tries to attack Israel, God speaks to Elisha and tells him where they're going to attack. And then Elisha goes and tells the king of, of Israel, and then they, they, they get fortified and they get ready. And the, the king of, of Aramean is so frustrated. He gets his guys together and his council, and he says, All right, who's the traitor? And they're like, none of us are the traitor. It's this guy named Elisha. And so he's like, all right, find out where he's at. And so we pick it up in verse 13. This is 2 Kings chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download version. Uh, it's a great uh, app for your phone. But I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So this is what it says. The king says this, go and find out where he is, talking about um, Elisha. So I, so I can send troops to seize him. 
And the report came back, Elisha is not at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. So he's, he's uh, getting around Elisha. He's found out where he's at, and he, he's just going to take him out. It says this in verse 15, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, and the, the man of God, by the way, is Elisha here. So the servant, when he gets up the next morning, goes outside. He sees that there's troops, there's horses, there's chariots, everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And Elisha said this to the servant, don't be afraid. Don't be, I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. Don't be afraid. Say that with me. Don't be afraid. I mean, I want you to think about whatever is coming down on you right now. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's, uh, what about my kid's education? Am, am I going to get the virus? Am I going to transmit this virus to somebody that I love? Come on, let's say it together. Don't be afraid. And Elisha says this, For there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, this is so great. Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Now listen to this. Then Elisha, he went out and, and he told them, he goes out to the middle of the army and he says, Hey, you, you've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me. I'm, I'm going to take you to where the man you're looking for is. And he led them to the city of Samaria. This is so bizarre. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed again, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. In other words, they were, they were surrounded by the Israelites. And when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elijah. This story just gets better. He shouts to Elisha, hey, my father, should I kill him? Should I kill him? And really what he's saying is, I want to take them out. And Elisha actually says, of course not. Do we kill prisoners of war? And Elisha actually says, give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. What? That's not what you do with your enemy? So the king made a great feast for them, sent them home to their master. And listen to this. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Listen, this is what I want you to know is no matter how you feel surrounded today, he is surrounding you. Let's pray and then we're going to get into the word. Father, in this moment, we are asking you to be present in this small, small gathering that we have in this room. We ask your spirit to come right now, and we ask your spirit to go into the homes, into the cars, maybe even into the workplaces today, wherever anyone is gathering. Connect our spirits collectively together so we can hear from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. So right now, um, most of us are probably at home more than we are at work. I realize a few of us might still be going to work, but the truth is we're at home, our, our, our kids are at home, and, and right now it's that, that time where you're, you're just kind of going stir-crazy. Happen? It's happened in our home. Like you're just going completely, I have got to get out. Like if you're single, Oh, it's really bad for you because you just, I need some kind of human connection. You're like going up to the window of your apartment. You're like, look, it's humans. Hey, hey, humans. <laughs> but you can't go out and be around them. If you, or if you got a family, you have too many humans around you right now, especially. 
especially little humans. Um, one of our, our source staff has been meeting virtually. Um, it's been so weird to do this through Zoom, but just like this, and you've probably been doing this in your workplace, but we've been, so we've been uh, in our homes and, and, and they have their kids who are home from school. And so one of our staff members had locked himself in their master bathroom to just get away from the kids. And in the middle of the meeting, boom, 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 boom. The kid's like, dad, dad, and he opens the door. What? I told you, unless it's an emergency, I need a snack. Can I have a snack? <laughs> That's just the world we're in right now. We're all, and we're all just going nuts. And uh, maybe, I don't know how it is at your house, but even the animals are now starting to get stir crazy. Uh, our dog, Otis, now he's a great Dane, so he's 140 pounds. He's, he's a beast. And uh, the other day, he just completely lost it. Watch this. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. I guess guess you want to go on a walk, huh? Cabin fever. So maybe that's how you're feeling right now in your home. I mean, that's that, if you wonder what that's like for us, it's like a Clydesdale running down that the the hallway of your of your house. Nothing is safe in, in, in his path. And maybe that's how it is for you with your kids. Or maybe if you're by yourself, you're like, Brad, I've been, I've been doing that. I mean, we're all just going a little bit stir crazy. And I think the question we're all asking, all of us universally, when? When is this going to be over? And the truth is, nobody really has an answer. It doesn't matter where you check. It's, it's, it's such a volatile situation. It's changing moment by moment. And we're all feeling a sense that we're losing control because we're having to kind of retreat into our, into our homes. And we're wondering, like, you know, is it, is, is it safe to go out? I mean, can I, can I go out? And we're all watching on the news or on, on our, our phones and on our, our, our computers we're literally watching the virus, especially for those of us who are in Oklahoma, watching it slowly, slowly surround us and coming in closer and closer until you just really feel trapped. Like, is, are we, are we going to get out of this? This is exactly how Elisha's servant felt. Completely surrounded, trapped, no way out. Look what it says in 2 Kings 6.14. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to, say this with me, surround the city. Surround the city. Here's a question. Why, why send a massive army for one guy? i tell you why he did that. It's what we read earlier. He understood the power that Elisha had. He didn't understand Elisha's power, but he knew that Elisha was, was powerful. And, and Peter the apostle of, of Jesus, Peter said this in his letter that he wrote in 1 Peter 5, 8. He said this, we, we have a, a great enemy. So Elisha had an enemy, but we have a great enemy. And Peter says, it's, it's the devil. He prowls around like a lion. He's seeking somebody that he can devour. In other words, he's trying right now to surround you. He's trying to surround you. He's trying to get you to give up on God. Why is he trying to get you to give up on God? Because he knows how powerful you are, and the impact as a follower of Jesus that you can have on this world. 
So he's going to try right now to surround you with fear, panic, doubt, to get you to give up on God. And, and by the way, what he doesn't understand is just how powerful we are collectively. You are powerful, but collectively together as the church, man, we are incredibly powerful. And the impact that we, we can make is something that he absolutely can't control. Like what's happening right now around the world with the church is just crazy. I mean, because right now the, the enemy is trying to surround the church and, and, and he's trying to close the doors of the church. But actually what he has done is he's blown them wide open because he thought he was shutting the church down. Like I, I can't imagine what a great victory the enemy thought he had won by shutting every church down. But instead, the church is exploding like it has never since the time of Acts. This was fascinating. If you read through the book of Acts, under great persecution, the enemy scattered the believers and the church grew exponentially and multiplied. Same thing is happening today. Millions and millions of people that don't know Jesus are looking for hope and looking for answers and they're able to go right to their phone. They're able to go right to the internet and every church around the country is online right now. And I, I just want to say, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, he loves you. He cares about you. And he is not abandoning you. He has not forgotten you. The whole reason you're watching is because the same spirit that was with Elisha, the same spirit that is with us today, the same spirit is calling you back to him. And the church right now has never been more powerful, never made such a, a tremendous impact like it is today. I mean, just the stories that are coming in from just the people that I know and the people within our own church body going out and, and serving their neighbors and, uh, and, and looking for ways that they can pray for people, praying for coworkers and looking for different opportunities. I think the enemy right now is just thinking, what did I just do? Like, what was I thinking? Because he has unleashed a force. The power of the church is completely unstoppable. And so when we look here at this story, what Jesus said, uh, what Jesus said, we'll get back to the story in a second, but I want to talk about what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, because Jesus said this about the church in Matthew 16, 18. He said, I, I will build my church. I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Nothing can stop the power of God and his church. Nothing can stand against his church. This, if you're a follower of Jesus, this isn't our time to shrink back. This isn't our time to cower in, in fear. This is our opportunity to be bold. We have the hope. We have the healing. We have the peace. And we have the purpose of Jesus. And he's calling us to take that into the world like never before. But the question you might be asking is, uh, how can I do that when I am on lockdown? Like, how can I do that when I'm locked inside of my home? Don't th the enemy wants you to think that way. The power of the church and what we can do, I just want to encourage you to do three things. It's something we, we say a lot around here. Here's how you reach people for Jesus. Intercede, invest, invite. Intercede, invest, and invite. Intercede, start praying. Just start praying. God, give me opportunities. 
he'll give you opportunities. I mean, your, your phone, you'll suddenly get a text probably from somebody you haven't got a text from in a long time. Somebody will call you or, or, or you'll see a neighbor when you're, you're out walking and six feet apart, you know, but you'll still be, you'll see that neighbor and you'll have that opportunity and, and invest, invest. In other words, do good. Just look for opportunities to serve your neighbors, serve your coworkers, however you can. And then when, when the opportunity is there, which I believe is right now, inform people of the hope that you have in Jesus. People have never been more open to hearing about Jesus. People have never been more open to prayer than right now. Nothing can stop the power of the church. So we go back to the story now. So Elisha's faith, we look at Elisha in the story, his, his faith was rock solid. But the servant, he was struggling. And he was struggling for good reason. Look at verse 15. Here's what verse 15 says in the story. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and he went outside, it says this, and say these words with me, there were troops horses and chariots everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, sir, what, what are we going to do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, because they are completely surrounded. I mean, you can't blame this, this kid. He's, he's feeling vulnerable. I mean, they're outnumbered. There's no way they're going to get out of it. It's a completely hopeless situation. And this is exactly how we're feeling right now. I mean, if you can relate to a story in the Bible, this is the one. Because we're all waking up every morning and you're looking out. You're looking at the news and you're thinking to yourself, Wait, what will we do now? I think what this crisis is doing is this crisis is doing a really valuable thing for all of us. It's causing us to come face to face with our personal relationship with Jesus. Where are you at with Jesus? How is your intimate, personal relationship with Jesus? When you, when you look at Elisha, are, are you like Elisha? Man, Elisha, he's grounded in his faith. Uh, he's rock solid. Uh, nothing is going to shake him. He's confident. Why? Because he's consistently always looking to God, communing with God, and God is speaking to him, but not the servant. The servant, are, are, you, are you more like the servant? Because think about what did the servant do? The servant was relying on Elisha for his faith. He wasn't looking necessarily to God. He turned to Elisha and said, you got to build my faith. Are you, are you, are you like the, ser the servant? Are you, maybe you're like, man, I, maybe you're saying, I'm having a hard time with this whole virtual church thing because I, use, I, I get my faith from Sunday morning gathering. Like when I go to church, I depend on the songs and the people and the and I, man, Brad, I, I, I depend on you as my pastor that you tell me what the word says. I don't really read it for myself. I just come on Sunday and then you tell me what it, what it says. Or maybe, maybe you go to your group, your core group, and you're in your core group and that you're like, well, and, and now that's all kind of been blown up and messed up. And you're like, man, now your faith is getting shaken. This is what's happening to the servant here. And here's what we need to understand. Church is... Church is important. Let me say that. The, the gathering of the people. Church is important. It's vitally important. It's critical. And it's an important part of, of your faith. But it is not the foundation of your faith. It, it's, it's important to your faith. But it's not the foundation. The church, the church is simply here to help build your faith on the foundation of Christ. Let me say that again. The church is here to help build your faith on the foundation of Christ. Christ is your 
foundation. In other words, he's your anchor. Do you have an anchor down in Christ? Are you anchored in the word? Are you anchored on your knees? Because here's the thing. This isn't the only crisis or storm that's going to come in our lives. Many of you know this. You, you, long before this, you had a crisis in your life. And some of you right now, you, you're experiencing a crisis on top of a crisis because something else is going on right now. And some of you, you're going to come out of this crisis and you're going, whoo, glad that's over with. And there's going to be another crisis. There are always going to be storms and struggles and difficulties and trials and setbacks. And if you are not anchored in Christ, man, you're going to get battered. You're going to get beat. Your sails are going to get torn. You're going to take on water and your ship is going to sink. But if you're anchored in Christ, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to be battered. You're going to be bruised. Your sails are going to be torn apart by the wind. But when it's all over, you've got an anchor and you will be standing in Christ. Make sure your foundation is in Christ. I think right now we're, we're all taking this virus seriously. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> we're all like, I think we're okay. We all understand how we're not okay right now. It's why we only have a few that are, are here right now. And we don't even know in the next couple of weeks if this is even going to be existing. I might be at my house doing this. We all understand the seriousness of what's happening right now. And we're taking the virus seriously. I want to challenge you in this time and in this season to take Jesus seriously. Take your relationship with Jesus seriously. Look at your relationship. Am, am, am I in the word? Am I seeking God in prayer or do I only seek him during crisis? But do, do I know him? Man, am I grounded in my faith? Parents, let me talk to you if you're, you're a parent. If you were to talk about Jesus in your home, would that weird your kids out? Would it weird your spouse out? Like, man, you're talking about Jesus. This is awkward. This is weird. If you, if you began to pray together as a family, is that just like an odd thing? It shouldn't. Jesus should not be a stranger in your home. You know, Laura and I, we have raised four children and I can tell you, we talked about Jesus all the time. I mean, my kids were like, Jesus this and Jesus that. They thought Jesus was living in one of the other bedrooms. I mean, they're like, what room does he have in the house? Because I don't see him. But we talked about him all the time. He was just like another name, another family member's name in our home. Prayer, we prayed all the time as a family. In fact, I remember there were times we would go, hey, guys, come together. We're going to pray. And my kids, they would, they would get so excited. They would do this. Ah, oh, oh. I mean, they're fidgeting, they're running around. I did not care because my home was going to be anchored in Christ. Man, now is the time to take your relationship with Jesus seriously. Yeah, I think what's happening right now for a lot of us, we're kind of liking this virtual church thing. I mean, it's been kind of, come on. It's been fun. You're probably sitting around in your PJ pants right now. Heck, you don't even have to wear pants right now when you're going to church. I'm in church. I don't have to wear pants at church. I mean, it's like, this is a fantastic. All right, let's do this every week. You know, you, you haven't brushed your teeth like a week. You're like, I'm not going to work. I'm not seeing people. I'm just going to breathe on my kids. Oh, get out of my face. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like, whatever. I mean, it's like, this is fantastic. You're like, ladies, you're like, man, I don't have to match my purse with my shoes. I mean, you don't have to do any of that stuff. All the stress is off of you. But here's the thing about virtual church. Virtual church, it's great, isn't it? I mean, it's great. We're reaching a lot of people, but we all can see and we're all discovering that there's, there's no substitute for the gathering. Because that's what church is. It's the gathering. It's, it's, the, it's where we gather 
in person and, and we see one. That's why I'm so grateful just that you guys are here because it's like, I can't imagine trying to do this if, if we weren't didn't have people in the room. And it's so good. There's something about when we gather together and there's no substitute for that. It's like I, I went to the grocery store the other day because um, we were out of butter. And I know what you're thinking. That's an essential, by the way. That isn't toilet paper. You got to have hand sanitizer and you got to have uh, butter. Those are, those are the things that you got to have. So we, we, were, we were out of butter. I was will, willing to risk my health. Uh, relax. I wasn't willing to risk my health. I, I went when there wasn't a lot of people there, but I went back anyway. So I went back to, to get butter. And I don't know how this is in your home, but as I said, we raised four kids. So everything in our home is generic. Always been generic. We've never, ever had name brand anything because if it's there, it's gone. You know, your parents are experiencing that right now. You're like, enough of the name brand going. But have you noticed at the store that all of the generic has gone first? Like it's the first thing to go. And so I went back to the butter section. All the generic butter was gone and we've always had generic butter and there was name brand butter. And I was like, well, we need butter. It's a little bit more. And I'm like, well, I can get away with it right now. So, <laughs> so I bought name brand butter. Oh my goodness, I did not know what Laura was keeping from me. It was like when I sat down and I put this butter on my bread, I could just, I just saw this cute, sweet little old Amish woman churning it and, and talking over it and nurturing it and telling it bedtime stories. I mean, it was just, it was like next level. This is, that's what we are all understanding right now. Virtual church is great, but there's no substitute for the gathering of God's people. We need each other. I was watching a leadership conference this week and one of the leaders on there said, hey, practice, practice social distancing, but don't practice relational distancing. Don't, you know, practice social distancing, but don't practice relational distancing. Because right now, that's what we're having to do. Um, I mean, if you're walking with somebody, a neighbor or somebody, you're trying to keep six feet away. We're trying to keep all our gatherings, like right now, less than 10 people are gathered in the room right now. Because here's the thing we all understand is that the, the coronavirus, it breeds in crowds. But here's the thing we need to understand. Fear breeds in isolation. That's so important for you to know. That's why we need the gathering of God's people because fear breeds in isolation. But here's the good news. Faith breeds in community. Faith breeds in community. Faith breeds as we, as we gather together. The servant, the good thing about the servant, the servant knew this, he needed Elisha. He needed Elisha to speak faith into his life. He need, needed Elisha to just kind of surround him in that moment and, and assure him and remind him of the goodness of God and the favor of God and who God is. And that's what I want to ask you is, who's speaking into your life right now? During the middle of this crisis, what voices are you letting in? It's so important that you're careful who you surround yourself with. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Because you can surround yourself with the wrong people. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and he's got that app next door, the one you use for neighbors. I don't know if you have that or not, but it's called Next Door, and I think there's a couple other apps like that, but it's where you can connect as neighbors. And one of the neighbors was on there and said, hey, anybody else freaking out, stressed out, and worried? Because I sure am. Hey, let's get together tonight at 6 o'clock. Let's all be freaked out and stressed and worried together. <laughs> what? D friend, like, no. And I'm, I'm just telling you, when you get on social media, you see some of that stuff. I, 
Get it out of your life. You need to surround yourself with Elishas in your life. You need to, when you feel surrounded, surround yourself with people of faith. Surround yourself with people who will speak hope into your life, will speak the truth into your life, will, will speak the goodness of God and remind you, oh yeah, God is sovereign. God is ultimately in control. That's what I've loved even for us as just a staff, like in some of our staff is here. And we just, we've had moments where it kind of, uh, but it's amazing. Somebody will come right alongside us and remind us, oh yeah, God has got, this is what I love, by the way, about our core groups. Our core groups right now, they're doing the best they can to try to gather and they're, they're using a Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and whatever app they can so that they can visually see one another. And they're not able to have the normal gatherings because again, they, we, it's just kind of a substitute. You're not together, but they're like, you know what? We're still getting together. We're, we're going to check in on every member of the group. And so they're all, it's cool. You've probably done Zoom. A lot of you have done it. You know, and you see the pictures on there. And, and so they have these different group, every group members saying, this is what's going on in my family. This is how I'm feeling. And what's your prayer request? And how can I pray for you? And they're all praying for one another, encouraging one another, and strengthening one another. Listen, we need one another more than ever. So this is who Elisha was for the servant. He said this in verse 16, don't be afraid. Come on, turn to somebody wherever you are, even if you're by yourself, and say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We got to speak that over one another. And it says, Elisha told him, hey, there are more on our side than there are on theirs. And here's the key. See, Elisha, he knew the end of the story, but the servant didn't. During uh, before the the Corona outbreak, I, I wanted to go see Call of the Wild. I don't know if you've seen that movie or not, Harrison Ford. But I was like, I, I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. But I uh, I was not going to go see that movie if that dog died in that movie. I ain't going to see that movie because that I got suckered into a movie like that years ago. Anybody remember Marley and Me? You guys remember yeah. Marley? <laughs> Collected side. Nobody goes. Yeah. Everybody goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Laura and I, we had just lost our dog. Like, had to put him to sleep after like 16 years. And this movie came out. We didn't know what it was about. And in the previews, it looked happy. <laughs> so we go to this movie. And as it's creeping along, we're like, oh, no. Oh, no. And yeah, uh, spoiler alert, the dog dies. And I... I don't know that I've ever cried so hard in my entire life. I, I, the credits are rolling. People are leaving, and I am weeping uncontrolled. We were consoling. It was, it was miserable. So I said, you know what? This is not going to happen to me again. And so I, I Googled it. Does the dog die at the end of Call of the Wild? And, and so I found out. And um, I'm not going to tell you if I'm going to go see the movie or not. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. But, but here, here's the thing, that when we, when we think about this, so many people don't know how this is going to end. How That's the question. That's what's breeding fear. That's what's breeding uncertainty is you don't know how the story is going to end. But there's a certain confidence and, and there's a completely different perspective when you know how it ends. Now, here's the thing. We don't really know. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to preach something fluffy or something that's not practical. We don't know exactly how the coronavirus is going to end, but we know ultimately 
how it ends. We know ultimately in the end, we do not have to be afraid because God is with us. There are more on our side than on theirs. What we can take confidence in is this, in the, we will conquer and we will rise above this. The enemy will not take, doesn't matter on employment, doesn't matter our financial situation, doesn't matter sickness, it doesn't matter death. We will rise above this. Why? Because we know this, he is surrounding us. The enemy is coming in, the enemy is surrounding us, but when we turn our eyes to God, we recognize he is surrounding me. That's my prayer for you today. Is like the servant that God would open up your eyes and you could look upon the hills and you'd see, man, there's, there's more on my side than are on theirs. God is gonna bring you through. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you that you are surrounding us Thank you that we can count on you in this time. We don't know, even as we get um, off of this uh, service today, as we get offline and going to run and check the news, some of us, but it doesn't matter because in the end, we know you are ultimately sovereign, you're ultimately in control, and you are watching out for us. We thank you for that. And I want to speak to you today, if you're not a follower of Jesus again, I want to tell you this, man, again, Jesus and he is surrounding you right now. Even, even if you're running from him, even if, you, even if you don't believe in him, I want you to know this. His spirit is surrounding you right now. And he says, man, look to me. Look to me. I want to help you. I want to give you hope. I want to heal your soul. And Christ wants to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you're saying, man, I, Brad, but the things that I've done in my life, the decisions I've made, I can never come to your church. I can never be a part. No, no. Our church is made up of all kinds of people that have made all kinds of mistakes, have just blown it, but have experienced the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus. And we want that for you today. So if you want to know more about a relationship with Jesus, if you want to come into a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to click one of the links below. One of our pastors, one of our leaders is going to get in contact with you. So we love you, we believe in you, and we're praying for you. And I, I want us to, to close like we do uh, every week and uh, we're going to put our closing prayer. This is kind of our sending prayer that we put on the screen every week and I want us just to say this together. God, fill us with love and give us boldness to share the hope, healing, peace, and purpose that we found in Jesus. Lead us to the hurting, the hopeless, the lonely, and discouraged. This week, we declare that we are available and willing to be used for your glory and honor. Amen. God bless you.